Would you ever shave your head? Oh, like 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 with a bick? Yeah. I no. I mean, I I never have. Would I? I don't know. Probably. I've I've it's always not, wondered about that too. It's not like a deep concern of mine to to bick my head or anything. <laughs> it's not. It's not this longing you've had for years. Mm-mm. I know. Weird, right? Yeah. No. It's um, super weird. I don't know. Maybe someday I'll see what that see what that's like. It's I don't know if I'll go bald. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You 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 look like you got a, a pretty pretty good head of hair on you. Um, no, I don't. I don't know. Like, I feel like I'd look like a white supremacist if I were bald. You might too, but I don't know. <laughs> I probably would. With if I kept the beard, it'd be a little more intense. But then exactly. if I put a giant, if I put a giant like swastika tattoo on my head, I'd probably look even worse. Yeah, that that might make it look a little worse. You never know, though. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. You know what else puts a giant swastika tattoo on its head? No, we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Not going to open that one. (laughs) Just going to go ahead and public service announcement. Savage Land does not condone swastika tattoos on on people's heads. (laughs) That's true. Official stance on swastikas from the Savage Land is no swastikas. You know what the Savage Land does condone? What does the Savage Land condone? The Savage Land. Bangkok, Oriental setting in the city. Don't know what the city is kept. The creme de la creme of the chess world in a show with everything but Yul Brynner. Time flies. Doesn't seem a minute since the Tyrolean Spa had the chess bars in it. All change. Don't you know that when you play at this level, there's no ordinary venue. It's Iceland or the Philippines or Hastings. Oh, oh, this place One night in Bangkok In the world's top The bars are temples But the balls ain't free Welcome back to the Savage Land uh, This is Matt It's been a minute Who else we got in the Savage Land house of Savage's horrors? Nobody <laughs> I'm just kidding I'm here <laughs> It's Jason <laughs> da-na, da-na. It's a really funny bit I just did Yep, we're, that's the thing. We're we are chock full of funny bits, and we don't even you know keep them. We keep them on the DL. Yeah, no, we our bits are underground. You know, you probably what never heard my, them. What was my bit last week? It was the sourdough joke. Sourdough what was joke. the sourdough? What was the sourdough I joke? I don't even I don't even remember. It was really dumb. <laughs> uh, well, today we, uh, we we are still without Rachel. We just want to let everyone know that Rachel is is uh, she is She's still, still with there. us. Yeah, she still exists. She she hasn't we, become Mitch too. <laughs> um, so the reference for old time listeners. That's right. Mitch also still exists. He never died. He just you know was unable to continue the show. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, she'll be back. Um, she's doing stuff in life and uh, lots of life. Yeah. Rachel's lots Rachel's of... really lifing lately. She did, she she did a couple times. A couple, a couple of lives she did. <laughs> We're flattering uh, already, Jason. Let's get it back together. We got to get it back together. The the audience is depending on us. The show, the show must go on. Uh, um, uh, break a leg. Other things that are said in theaters. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Rachel will be back. Uh, she's not. She's not uh, absent. Nor was she randomly replaced by Matt's sister. No, she was not. Or was she? Uh, she wasn't. Nope. Although I, no, no, she wasn't. 
Um, Our goal this week is to not go for two hours, listeners. So hopefully we succeeded, as you already know, since you see time codes and we don't. We're definitely because that's we're definitely gonna we're definitely gonna succeed because if it if it's fifty nine fifty nine, I'm just gonna shut everything down. <laughs> Even if the show's not over, just stop. Just no, done. You'll hang up the call. Uh, I'll hang up the call. Um, and uh, I'm moving yeah. pretty slow today. Let's let's. Uh... <laughs> you sound like it. Uh, it's, today today we've uh, we've got some catch up, and then uh, we've got a, a a question of the week for for you, the audience, and for us, the the in Indians. <laughs> no. Oh boy. <laughs> it's gonna be rough it's already starting out rough it'll be fine we're great dude we're professionals i guess uh trust me i'm a professional um (laughs) speaking of professional it's time for the ketchup what do you got this week matt oh shit um uh, comics, comics, and more comics, because I don't watch TV anymore, I guess, apparently. Hooray! Uh, it's actually kind of funny, though. I, I'm I in the same boat, dude. I've been, I've been comics are gooding lately, too. Yeah, I don't know. There's just, every time I watch TV now, I just get, it's like, it's, it takes about 18 minutes and I'm bored. It's like, I uh, nah, I'm bored. There's nothing, it's not doing it for me. Maybe there's just yeah. nothing good on. Maybe there's just nothing good on it. Or maybe, like, I feel like the average on TV lately is, like, fairly high, but then because the average is fairly high, nothing's exceptional? Maybe. I don't know. I think it's just the act of sitting down and watching TV that's just kind of boring. That's fair. It's it's a very inactive thing, whereas, like, comics or something, it's you got to focus on it when you're reading it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, you know, still like movies. There's something about TV that just doesn't it's not hitting it for me. Slower pace, maybe. I just want I just yeah. want big, dumb, simple movies like Mad Max. Well, and I think I think it's a problem also that like um, that that some comics had like during during the uh, era where like like in the mid two thousands where comics really started going with the deconstruction and like the very you know long story arcs where all of a sudden these comics were getting way longer than they needed to be and like. They would sort of drag, you know, toward like the the last third of it uh, mm-hmm. before wrapping up. Like, and it's I mean, it's, I think it's the same problem that like all the Netflix series have had, where like each season so far has been just about like two episodes too long, and so there's there's definitely parts of like every TV show lately that just like there's like two or three episodes that are just kind of dragging and like barely move the plot, you know? Right. I think that that could be a problem of it. I don't know. There, there's probably many problems for many different people. There is. I don't know. Because that's that's the problem I had with Westworld, man. Like, I still haven't finished Westworld because I got like I just got to a certain point in it, and I was like, okay, like it's interesting, but it's really not moving. You know, like the the plot itself isn't evolving or moving or changing. Hmm. You know, Westworld is an exception for me. I I, I was pretty I was pretty engaged with Westworld. With Westworld, uh, is that is that like Westworld, but it's where you go to just like take a nap in uh, no in space. You're not, allowed to, you're, you're not allowed to make jokes about me mispronouncing things. <laughs> I can't help myself. It's gonna keep going, dude. It's fine. Oh man, uh, it. no, 
I don't know. So I mean, I mean, I just get it out of the way. We did watch three episodes of the series of unfortunate events Netflix series. How was it? And, uh, was it unfortunate? No, it was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the plot. I, uh, I guess the plot. Here's the. Here's the. They did do one really unfortunate thing, and I wonder if it's intentionally unfortunate. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I don't. Th- I don't think it is, but maybe somebody was like, <laughs> "This will be funny." The this opening is super meta. The, <laughs> yeah, the opening theme song is awful, absolutely terrible. <laughs> I mean, uh, unlistenable. You know, you watch it once and you're like, "Oh, that was rough." And then every other episode, it comes on. It's fast forward time because it's 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 so bad. Wow. Yeah, that's a little crazy because really... like Netflix has a good track record for opening themes being really good. Well, the 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 sequence is fine. The visual sequence is fine. Just the songs. Real, real bad, huh? Um, you know, because the show does have musical elements to it. It's not a musical, but it has musical elements in it. It's got a lot of whimsy. Uh, is that what I'm so gathering? So the theme song is sung by Neil Patrick Harris, and it's oh boy, the theme song is basically telling the audience to not watch the show because it's so mis- it's such a miserable show that why would anybody want to watch it? So it is definitely meta, but mm. it's just a god awful song. So I hope it was intentional. That sucks. But the show's good. Huh. It's very uh, earnest and charming. Uh, is it charming? Is it? And, uh, it's just fun. It's fun to watch. I enjoy it. So for the for the cinematography of it or whatever, like, does it have that uh, like gray sort of like muted color palette that the movies did, or is it more like bright and stuff? Because you said it was like earnest and and whatever. Yeah, yeah, earnest in the sense of uh, earnest in the sense of characters the characters are very earnest the characters are very just you know confident and like the the children are particularly earnest and just being like you know i don't know i don't know how to describe it you'd have to see it but (laughs) in terms of the color palette it does both it has it uses color to portray what's happening in the story um can i talk about it i assume everybody's like seen or knows like basically what happens right I'm going to talk about it. I don't yeah. care. It's yeah. I mean, it's an old series. Uh, talk about it. Spoiler warning: If you haven't listened to it, skip ahead five minutes. That's the thing. I'm not really spoiling anything. And the only thing I'm going to say is like, so you know, the the kids go to the Count Olaf's house, and that house is grayscale, very dark, mm-hmm. uh, gl- gloomy. And then they, you know, they leave that place and they go to this other guy's place, and he's like this explorer guy, and his house is super brightly lit and very colorful, and so. You know the tonality of the show changes a lot, which I actually really appreciate. It kind of lends itself to um, my eyes. God damn it! I like I'm I'm petering out on my words here, but <laughs> so so for every for every like location and stuff, it uses color to sort of just like guide the the feeling and the the mood of everything. Yeah, exactly. I'm assuming more extremely uh, but than than most. Uh, cases because obviously like in in every film or tv show it does use color to to manipulate those things but i'm assuming that it's a lot more stark uh in terms of the contrast it's pretty dr- it's it, it's pretty dramatic and um it really kind of it does it sets it sets a lot of tones and then uh but the, i mean all the acting's really good neil patrick harris is is he's he's pretty funny uh patrick warburton makes an excellent narrator i do love me some patrick warburton uh, who doesn't, man? That guy's the best. Uh, yeah. Everybody else is. Although, everybody I, else although is good. I am still a, a big proponent of make love Burton, not Warburton. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, um, speaking like of a Hawkeye burdens, joke. though. No, that was just a, like, make love, not war, you know? Yeah, I know. I was make, I turned it into another joke. I added a joke onto your joke with yeah, a Hawkeye that's, joke. That's Barton, joke. Though, you know? Hmm. Speaking Burton. of Burtons, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna ask, like it, it does, it does have like the aesthetic of of like a Tim Burton movie. Is that yeah, look, right, or at least bit. like from what I've seen in previews? Yes, yeah, yeah, sure, to some degree. Uh, it, it doesn't, cause... it doesn't, it doesn't watch like a Tim Burton movie. I mean, yeah, some of the aesthetic and some of the set design and costume stuff can have that. Yeah, but it doesn't read like one. It doesn't play like one. It's much more charming. Well, that's good. Yeah, is it, Tim Burton's I mean, a lot of things, that, but I don't think he's that charming. No, I, I, the, the dialogue is phenomenal, and I don't know, man, I, it's worth watching. It's a good show for children because I think it teaches children to be little assholes. S- no, it teaches children to be smart, to be creative, and to be themselves. That's cool. Which is all, which is all very important things to, to, uh, that that children should be able to embody. And it's age appropriate, unlike uh, like Stranger Things or something. Definitely age appropriate, yeah. That's cool. I, I dig I mean, that. Some stuff, I mean, it's kind of fun, though, because I can imagine your kid watching it, and they use a lot of big words in the show, but then there's kind of a running gag in the show about defining what those words are. I don't want to ruin the gag. Um, that's No, that's anyway. great, though, because like, that was something... Because like, I, was, I was pretty young when Harry Potter first started coming out, and that was like... That book series itself definitely uh, helped expand my vocabulary and helped me understand, like, you know, just, yeah, like, more complex words and stuff. And so I, I think that having things like that is, is you know, definitely good for kids. That's, you know, it's not like, it's not really like, you know, making a point of, like, this is educational or whatever, but it is, a you know, an entry point to expand, a, a you know, a, a younger kid's dialogue. Yes, yeah, absolutely. They don't, they, they, nothing is... Yeah, they don't dumb anything down. They 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 sort of there's an expectation that the kid either n- already knows what it is, or then we'll go and learn what those words mean. Or you know, I don't know. Just yeah, it doesn't it doesn't cater to the lowest common denominator. It still stays. It takes the high road in the sense of like being being witty and clever and not talking down to kids. Well, and here's yeah, I mean here's the thing that I've that I've <laughs> noticed in general is that kids don't need to be talked down to. Like they're very intuitive and. You know, unlike adults who like need everything spelled out for them, because here, here's one thing that that really like over the years I've noticed more and more is that when you were a kid, you would either pick up a comic book no matter what number the comic book was on, or you would watch a TV show no matter which episode of the TV show it was, or watch a movie no matter which series, you know, which which sequel of a series it was or whatever. Like, you know, it, when you were a kid, you just didn't question those things. You were you just picked it up wherever and like you know figured you'd you know, like you either filled in the gaps with your imagination or you like assumed that you would learn more about whatever the questions were as you went along you know what i mean sure totally like kids don't worry about continuity <laughs> and that's that's something that i think is lost on adults is like you know <coughs> bless you uh people you know, people like won't go into like a movie if it's like the second in a series or whatever. And like, rather than, you know, like, and I don't know, it's this thing yeah. of like, of course you want to like see the beginning or whatever, but like, uh, I don't know. Like when you're a kid, you just tune into a freaking cartoon. And if it was like, you know, halfway through the second season of a cartoon, you just didn't care necessarily. No, exactly. No, and, I, I, and I, I do think that's, I do think that's one of the, 
the good things about this show too is you could you could you could jump in at any point and sort of just start riding along with it. Yeah, and it's I mean I don't know like again like kids kids are able to follow things really well like I you know one of the earliest memories of a movie that I have is like watching Back to the Future you know or or I think I might have even like I I don't know which one I watched first but I definitely remember watching uh, Back to the Future two first. And it was mm-hmm. it was twofold. It was like, a this isn't the first movie in the series, but also b like I don't understand, you know, half of the words that they're saying or whatever. But like, you know, or even half of like the context that they're talking about, and a lot of the jokes are going over my head. But I'm still watching it and entertained because like you know, fuck it, I'm a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, essentially like, and obviously yeah, that movie sure. has like cool visuals and stuff. But but even with movies that didn't have that, it was still. You know, like, I don't know, you just follow it. Like, it's especially, it's a visual language. Like, it's a visual medium. Kids don't right. necessarily have to understand every word before they watch the show in order to to get it. No, totally. So, I don't know. That's just a long way of saying, I guess, like, you know, people should stop trying to pander to kids when they write something that's aimed at kids. Because I think, you know, ki- kids aren't given enough credit for how intelligent they are. Uh no yeah yes to, to that I wholeheartedly agree I think that I mean I think you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna contribute to the dumbing down of kids if you don't if you continue to dumb things down for kids yeah exactly um which is a pretty big problem yeah for sure um so overall the series so far you, you know you watched your three episodes in uh like it yeah yeah no I'm gonna, we're gonna keep watching it it's good that's good it's it's, it's worth watching it's good to hear what else uh, you been up to. Yep, so in terms of comics, um one sec, let me uh let me pull up my little handy dandy reminder here. Oh, it's all right. I'll I'll wait while you pull up your handy dandy little reminder. So, so I've been reading The Fade Out by Ed Brubaker Ooh. and Sean Phillips. I gifted that to somebody for uh, Christmas. Oh, did you? Yeah, not you, cuz I didn't care nope, about definitely. you. Well, you did. You just wasn't The Fade Out by Ed Brubaker. <laughs> um I'm how is I, it? It's really good. I like it. It's 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 kind of a fun, uh, you know, romp down early Hollywood, yeah. murder noir mystery. The art's really good. The story's like good and complicated, which I appreciate. So what what's the like the the sort of base jumping off premise? The like base what's, jumping off. Yeah, like premise. like what's what's the mystery? That I'm not sure yet. There's, that's still somewhat of a mystery. Is there a crime or a murder that happens? Yes, but that's not really the focal point. It's almost like that happens in the background, and other stuff is also happening. But that's mm-hmm. sort of like a how do I describe it? It's more it's more the MacGuffin than the actual like uh, story. Yeah, I guess I guess that you could say that. Yeah, like it's just it's investigating the murder is moving the characters from place to place, but it's not the no, it's there's no murder investigation. A murder oh. happens, but there's currently no investigation. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they're they're it's based it's not based on cops. It's like Hollywood people. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I imagine an investigation will will take place at some point here, but that is something I have yet to see. Uh, no, currently, yeah, it's just the you know kind of the the. This, so this takes place right after um, the whole Kami thing, like the uh, Trumbo movie was based on. Oh yeah, and uh, Hail Caesar. Was it? Yeah, it, like it. Yeah, it was. It was based on a lot of different things, but that was like one of the backdrops of Hail Caesar. Was like the 
the whole communist manipulation of, of films or the fear of communist manipulation of films. Right, in the blacklist. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this touches on those kind of points. I don't know, it's quite good. I'm enjoying it. I, I am only maybe two ep- two issues in, maybe three. Okay. Uh, but uh, no, I, I would absolutely recommend it. It's It seems like it's going places. And they're an all-star team. I mean, Brubaker and Phillips have been teaming up now for like, I think, eight years maybe. They did Criminal and then the fade out and now they're doing killer be killed and all of their series that they've done together have gotten incredible reviews so yeah no it's 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 quite good dope um another one i read the other one i started is uh the beauty oh yeah you're talking about it yeah by uh jeremy hahn jason hurley and the art is by jeremy hahn so tell um, me tell me uh, tell me again about it as if i never heard of it sure so the i mean uh, elevator pitch is uh, this in this in this world, there's a sexually transmitted disease that makes you beautiful. That um, if contracted, you lose weight. You uh, your 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 features kind of shore up, and you just you know, you, basically you just become the sort of the ideal uh, picture of beauty that we have we have right now. Interesting. Um, and so it's almost like a designer STD, and people are people are going out specifically to get infected. Uh, but then shit starts happening. Now, uh, in the universe not- of in the universe of the beauty, do other STDs like HIV and and herpes and stuff still exist? Yeah. Okay. But that's not really. I mean, they don't ever. It's not a top talking point. Oh yeah, I figure it wasn't. I was just wondering because, like, uh, with that being a thing, I'm wondering if like everybody out there is trying to just like go crazy having sex with really attractive people. So, oops, I burped. Uh, so that maybe they can uh, get the beauty. Yeah, that is the thing in this that people are specifically going out and seeking. Uh, so they are actually seeking, going to have sex with people, not just like getting injected with it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's the only. Yeah, right. You, you, yeah. So people are, you know, so though, the, so there's, you know, prostitutes that you pay to get, to, so you can have sex with them and get and contract this, this, this disease. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a very weird. It's kind of a weird world in it, but it's it's really good. It's very. Uh, shit, I don't remember what I said in the chat, but to some something along the lines of. Uh, uh, it penetrates. It's very penetrating. Okay? <laughs> I, I, that's that's not, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Don't make my joke sexual. Don't uh, make the joke about a book about sex sexual. <laughs> <laughs> not cool, man. Um, so I don't know. So it's just it just kind of gets into your psyche, and it's just kind of fucks you up a little bit. It's it's very it's it's very weird. That's good. I mean, I think that like for for a lot of types of fiction, I think that's one of the highest compliments you can give something. Sure. You know, for no, some, I, I, yeah, like for something to be that invasive, you know, that it actually, uh, yeah, like it it sort of pierces through your your regular thoughts or whatever. Like, I think I don't know. I think that's really cool. Yeah. No, it's it's cool, man. It's a good book. It's. Uh, I, I mean, I'm reading it on Comicsology. There's only three issues, so I've read all three. Um, so I think I'm going to go pick up some trades on this thing cause it's, it's a good one. And the art, the art is fabulous. Oh, so you mean there's only three uh, on Comixology Unlimited, but there's yes, more exactly. that have been published. Okay. Um, yeah, the art looks yeah, really good. Yeah, cause it was, pu- it's really good. So that, it was published in, 
2015. So I imagine there's there's a lot more. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure how if the I don't know maybe the series is done. I don't know. I just you know I, I think just, it's still continuing. I, I feel like because um, I'm I'm friends with Jeremy Holland on Facebook and I think I've seen him post about it. I think there's still new issues coming out. <clears throat> name drop. <clears throat> I was oh no, I wasn't meaning to name drop. That's why I tried to just, <laughs> just like kidding. skip just over kidding. it. Um, uh, I, I'm no, pretty I, sure it's still it's still coming out. Oh cool. Yeah, it's really good. I I, I am uh I think I um I think that uh that's probably top of my like intrigue list right now just because if it's just because of how sort of I don't know crazy it was. I did pick up Monstrous. Oh, the Marjorie Lou series. Yeah, after we talked about it last week. Um, Have you been able to read it yet? I read like four pages. Uh, it seems good <laughs> so far. I haven't. I just. I just haven't. Haven't really sat down to read it yet. Yeah. No, I get you. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Oh, I get no. One more thing. I. Uh, I. Uh, I've been playing Star Wars Imperial Assault, Imperial which is Assault. like, it's like Armada, same the same company that makes Armada makes this other game, but it's a. Uh, Instead of ships, it's little dudes. So it's like you're a little, you're oh, a little, you're, you're a little smuggler, and you you know you fight stormtroopers and stuff. So it's so is it a a tabletop game? Yeah, tabletop. And it's oh, so it's just like basically the ground equivalent of Star Wars Armada. Yeah, I, th- which makes me think that that you could play the most meta, awesome, complicated game of have all like a time. Two layered table, three layered table because you would have Armada on, as your like. Oh, as your top X-wing. layer, and then X-wing is your middle layer, and then ground assault is your final layer. That'd be pretty so sweet, you could, dude. You could, you could, you could work it out. I don't know how you do it. You'd work it out in some way that you would have this giant, complicated, like year-long yeah. campaign. Here's that here's took place. Sorry, sorry no. to cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Here's what you would do: is anytime. So, so you're playing. You start off by playing Armada, right? And mm-hmm. then any time uh, two squadrons get engaged with one another, then you move to X-Wing and then play out that battle in in one game of X-Wing. See, th- that would, I just, I imagine, I see where you're going with that, but I think that would take, I think that would take too long. You just said one year. I, well, I said one year, <laughs> but you, you, because each each session is, is is like, a you know, one 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 session a week, each session is a couple hours long. But if you had to stop every single time you were playing Armada to have an X-wing battle, you, <laughs> <laughs> like every single time your X-wing fought another X-wing, you had to like then do it over here in X-wing. It would just that would yeah. take fucking. I don't think that'd be even feasible. We would have to come up with like a simplified rule book, right? So you would have to do. You'd have to. I, and I imagine some people are listening. Like I don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> it, Armada. Armada's capital ships, Star Destroyers, uh, you know, uh, all the, all the, all the enormous uh, Star Wars ships. Right. X-wing is self self explanatory, and then Imperial Assault, like we said, is the ground. And that's all. This is all tabletop miniature games. Yeah. But so you could have you could have your you could have your say like this week is like this is you start with Armada and the Imperials are invading this. The Imperials have 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 landed their uh, have have taken their their star destroyer. It is now it's currently hovering above um, uh, Moss Eisley, and then you have a ground. And then so you, that that 
it, the the game starts with the Star Destroyer above Moss Eisley. You play a, a, a session in Moss Eisley where you are smugglers trying to escape Moss Eisley of the Imperial troops that came down. Then you can take your ship up, and then you can have a, the next week's a game of X Wing where your ship has to fight through the the Imperial like blockade, and then you can dock your ship onto a uh, Corellian Corvette, and then you can have a game of Armada to escape the system, and you know, or whatever. But yeah, it'd be pretty. It'd be pretty awesome. The, the the amount of money you would have to spend to get enough all the stuff to play those games would be just absurd. Yeah, that would be a little ludicrous. Because like Armada itself, I mean, if you don't mind divulging, how much how much have you uh, invested in Star Wars Armada thus far? Um, I don't know, hundred and fifty bucks, maybe. And then X Wing X Wing is just about as expensive, right? Or is it more expensive? This is about the same price. I mean, but you're just you know each ship's costs. I don't know, fifteen to twenty bucks, and you want a whole bunch of ships, so you you could probably add up pretty quick there. Yeah, they do look good on your shelf, though. I will uh, I will give you that. I know right now they're just like really cool looking dust collectors. <laughs> um. <laughs> hey man, you know sometimes you got to be able to collect the dust with something. Oh dude, I am like the king of dust collecting. Um, I got all sorts of stupid shit collecting dust. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we, anyway, my, so my neighbor plays and he invited me to play a campaign. So we're playing through the, uh, escape from Hoth campaign, which is pretty fun. Is this the Todd half of Sky Todd? It is. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we, we initially found out that he played X-Wing and I played Armada. So we got to talking and then it turns Star-Cross. out he actually, pl- what? I was going to say Starcross lovers. Starcross, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> Starcross gamers is uh, the I guess the real the real application of it. Yeah, I think that's probably more appropriate. Um, eventually, anyway. eventually you'll get there. Well, we'll see. But that's all I got. <laughs> not, not not much going on. Played a little Battlefront. Some, uh, that's, that's it. Some good some good solid catch up there. That's uh, that's some Heinz Heinz fifty seven or whatever. Yep, and it only took 40 minutes. What you got? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, about 30 minutes because we had a a bit of pre-roll there. Um, uh, What have I got? This this week I actually haven't been reading quite as much as as I have previous weeks. Um, I just barely, like, pretty much finished getting moved into my new place. So, like, I'm finally sort of settled in. And, like, you know how whenever you move into a new place you've got all these, like, weird things that you figure out about it? Yeah, sure. All the like, you got to meet all the ghosts. And, yeah, yeah. I met all the mm-hmm. ghosts, and they're they're actually okay. Uh, no complaints about the ghosts. But the biggest problem is, I found out that the wall that I have everything plugged into. So I've got I've got two TVs. One of them's really small, and the other one's like average size. So don't don't get carried away with what you're thinking. Um, but I've wasn't got, but I've got, all right. <laughs> not you, the listeners. I you know what my what my TV situation is, but um, okay. And then, like, all my consoles and my computer and everything, it's all plugged into a power strip on the same outlet. And <laughs> you dying in there, man? No, I'm okay. Nobody else can hear me cough except for you, so. Well, um, so I've got everything plugged into the one outlet, essentially. And that outlet I found out after getting everything set up is controlled by my damn light switch. So oh, good job. Yeah, so I can only watch TV or play games or anything really with in regards to entertainment when the lights are on. Does the light itself doesn't have a 
a, a, a pulley, a pull, pull, pull tab? No, because my room has canned lights. <laughs> oh, really? The recessed lighting? Yeah, which is, it's super bizarre. Because, um, like, so I mean... you can't even, like, so can you access the bulb? Can you just unscrew the bulb? There's four of them. So I'd have to go across my room and unscrew every bulb before watching my TV if I wanted to watch it in the dark. And you only have one wall that has a power source. No, I've got I've got multiple walls with a power source, but one so out of my four walls, one of them is a blank wall. One of them has the door to uh the hallway and the door to my bathroom. One of them has a pretty big window and then the other one has a wall almost wall length uh mirrored closet. Huh. So basically the only That's other a- option would be to put them against a window. That sounds really annoying. It is a bit annoying. So I'm like I I know how to separate the the thing from a like separate the wires so that they're not connected anymore. But I have to go and get a multimeter and then you know unscrew the whole thing and do all that. And I just I've been too lazy too. But eventually I will. Fair enough. Um, but that's yeah that's been taking up most of my time. Uh, however, outside of that, I did so. Did I tell you that I when I went back to Utah, I got all of my comic books and brought them back out here. You did multiple times because you were like, man, they're heavy. <laughs> they were very heavy. <laughs> Just to give you an idea of how many I realized that I had, which I didn't realize this before, especially because I had bought some since being in L.A. Mm-hmm. I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So I have eight total shelves between my two bookshelves. Um, let's see. T- uh, one, two, three, four. Four, five. So five of those shelves are completely filled up, and then the other three are like seventy-five percent of the way filled up. Um, mostly like mostly comics. There are you know like books and Blu-rays uh, as well, but it's mostly mm-hmm. comics. And I'm starting to freak out a little bit. I like I don't want to have to get a third bookshelf for all this shit. Oh, and I have a long box full of all my single issues. Jesus. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs> I have a sh- I have like 1.6 amounts of shelf of a uh, of just DC comics, and then my Marvel and Image comics are both like two thirds of a shelf, and then the bottom shelf is like my big Calvin and Hobbes collection with all my like absolutes and and enormous hardcovers and Invincible. Hmm. But yeah, it's it's just frustrating to realize how many you have and realize how why they were all so painful. Anyway, that's all boring. Why am I talking about this? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I went and saw Hidden Figures. Uh, it was really, really great. It deserves all of the great reviews that it's getting. Um, mm-hmm. there were definitely some nitpicky things, so I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. do a, a compliment sandwich here, so I don't sound like I'm dissing on the movie because it's very easy to sound like that. And I I just want to establish that I definitely enjoyed it quite a lot. Um, but throughout the movie, there were little things that just came up one of them was uh when two characters were talking and they would do you know just like the close-up on both of their faces and switching off um Mm -hmm. anytime that that would happen or at least like a good amount of the times that that would happen one of the characters faces was like totally out of focus i don't know Hmm. why that was i don't know what the deal was like if just like the second camera operator wasn't great or whatever but like it was bugging me so bad and it wasn't like, I, okay, I don't say like completely, like it wasn't like horribly out of focus, but it was enough where like you notice it and you're like wanting something to come into frame or something like that that's going to be the focus of it because you're like, it's, you know, it's just off enough. Right. It was absolutely driving me insane. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the other thing was 
it's you know it's a movie about uh, women working in NASA. Yeah, which was really cool. But there was there was a quote at one point in the movie, um, where it said, uh, <laughs> "Coming, let's see." Um, oh, there was a quote where somebody they were like making you know projections or whatever for trajectory, and at some point somebody says within their quote they say, "At an altitude of thirty six hundred miles an hour." What? Yep. Are you sure you heard it correctly? Have you gone I'm back positive. and checked that? I, I was. I, I'm positive that that's the quote. I, I like. I didn't go back and watch it again, but I'm positive that's what I heard, and I was astounded. Mm. I was like, "How, how on earth did nobody go? Hey, just so you know, miles per hour is not a measure of altitude." Well, I wonder if there's some sort of space thing that we're unaware of, because I think that they probably would catch something like that. Seems moderately important. Yeah, it seems pretty important. And I like, but, I, but in what instance would you say would you ever use an altitude of X miles an hour? Look, I don't have the I don't know all the rules here. I just like I th- I, I, okay. pl- I feel like at some point it was written like thirty six hundred uh, miles. You know, an altitude of thirty six hundred miles, and then mm-hmm. maybe the actor or somebody just like in their head like just had a habit of saying an hour after you say that or something. It was, I think it was Kevin Costner that might have said it, or like uh, somebody. But anyway, like I don't know. I, I definitely heard it, and okay. it drove me insane. So if I'm wrong, then go ahead and tweet at uh, at Matt from Savage Land. Just kidding. That's not a Twitter well, account. It's definitely not. Also, I'm not the person who said that. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, uh, other, than the, other than those things and uh, the severe lack of flaws in main characters, um, other than those things, it was a really good movie. Cool. So definitely go and see it and shit. Uh, and I'm trying to think. I haven't really read many comics. Uh, I did catch up on Tom King's Batman series, which is phenomenal. Um, they're in the middle of a, an arc right now with... Uh, like they so So DC... In their rebirth, they've been like double shipping all their issues, or not all of mm-hmm. them, but like most of their main series, like Batman, Aquaman, Superman, and a, a few others. Uh, they're releasing two issues per month, um, and so because they're releasing them at two issues per month, every series has to have two main artists and then like a fill-in artist, just so that they can keep mm-hmm. up with the schedule, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and and each book handles it differently. So, what, like with Wonder Woman, what they're doing is two different story arcs that are going on at the same time, but they switch off every issue. So, you know, issue one is uh, is one is story A, issue two is story B, issue three is story A, issue four is story B, and so on. And so, each story arc is one artist, and then when they get released in trades, you know, it'll just be the story arc rather than the issue numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems slightly confusing. It, that that to me is totally confusing to me i'd be like hey why don't we just like have because it goes back to the entire thing that i've been saying like forever is that instead of just doing a series called batman or a series called daredevil or whatever make the series you know uh batman you know i don't know like like the bat like make it batman and then some you know subtitle or whatever and then have sure. you know a a name for each story arc in that batman run and then whenever you want to switch writers or, you know, go in a different direction or whatever, then you just change the name of the Batman run and renumber it that way. So then, you know, so then it's less confusing. And so w- with this situation, I think it would be way better to just have two Wonder Woman series, one called Story A and one called Story B, you know, whatever name they are. Um, right. I think it's Wonder Woman Year One and then Wonder Woman The Lies is the other one. 
I think that would be way easier as if they just, you know, release them that way. But whatever, you know, that's their prerogative. Um, it is. It is indeed their prerogative. <laughs> uh, but then, so then, the way they're handling it with Batman is that they are doing the art and the scripting like six months in advance. Um, so then, for the first story arc, it was five issues with David Finch on art. Then they had uh, two issues with a different artist where it was part of a crossover. Um, and then they started, you know, five issues with, you know, the new artist, uh, uh, um, Mikhail Yanin. And then after that one, there was another two issue story arc where it was a guest artist and he does basically just like a two issue mini story arc about Batman and Catwoman. Um, and I think that's an awesome way of handling it. Like if you have the time to write and draw six months ahead, then, you know, it's a lot easier, I guess, but, uh, um, sure. And so then you just have your two main artists and then bring in a guest artist every, you know, uh, month and a half or two months to sort of, you know, give you a little more time or give you a cushion. Um, but anyway, that's all whatever. Uh, yeah, the, the little two issue Catwoman story arc is really good. It's just like basically a small exploration of, you know, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle's like fatal attraction to each other. Um, it's really cool. I like it a lot. Okay. Uh, and that's it. Um, <laughs> sorry, you're you're probably like bored as dicks on the other end. No, one of these days, man. One of these days, I'll I'll be up to speed on DC. Maybe I don't know. Probably not. Actually, I mean, you I'm didn't, you didn't need to be up to up to speed on any of that. Uh, here's the thing. Well, this is this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I don't, I'm pretty bored with superhero stuff these days. Yeah. No, I get I'm you not, too. I'm, I'm not finding it to be interesting anymore. It's weird, you know. And I, I, I remember saying a couple while ago, I was like, "I'll never get fatigued with superhero stuff," and I'm definitely fatigued with superhero stuff. It is interesting. I mean, like, I don't know. I think it all. I think especially because you're a Marvel fan, you're probably partially fatigued because none of the Marvel superhero books have been good for the last year. That's definitely true. I am not. I am not thrilled with the Marvel comic universe right now. That's pretty unfortunate. It's, yeah. And and I mean, that's the thing is, is like the opposite is true about DC right now. Yeah. Well, fair enough. But, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It is just everywhere. Can't really get away with it. No, it's true. We talked about it. We talked about it last week and then, but you get all these, you know, you get all this stuff coming out of image right now. That's just awesome. Yeah, and not and not super. I mean, just you know, comics, but just awesome, interesting new stories for the sake of creating something new instead of just rehashing Civil War again. Exactly, and 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 none of it is like gimmicky. They're not trying to do these big like you know crazy foil cover variants and and whatever other like weird salesy event stuff that they're doing or jacking up the prices to like six dollars an issue. No, or or like or like you're not gonna believe what this is gonna happen next week, and just you know trying to tease all this garbage and oh, yeah, stupid. And it's in, I mean, that, and that's the thing too is like, uh, you know, there's publishers like Image and Boom, and even like the the gra- the original graphic novels that Legendary publishes are all really cool, and like all of these sort of you know quote unquote third party publishers you know even like oni press with um the stuff that they're doing like letter 44 and other stuff like that like it's all just like really good and really interesting outside the big two because it kind of has to be you know yeah totally like for for readers to really gravitate toward it they have to be interesting because they don't have that brand name yeah no totally 
Um, uh, anyway, we we do have so we have a question that we're posing to the audience this week, uh, and and also to ourselves, and we'll kind of do a a quick little. Uh, uh, I think you and I should give like maybe one or two a piece since we're we're starting to get close on time here. Um, yep. But the question is, what are your top three or the top three movies you think? Uh, should get a reboot. Uh, you know, we spend yeah. a lot of time always talking about how you know things getting rebooted is getting really annoying, and like you know, movies that don't need to be rebooted, stuff like that. But figured we'd look at the other end of that, and and movies that should be rebooted. So, uh, Matt, what's your what's what's your first one? The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Ooh, okay. Because that's a damn good comic. It's a very good comic, uh, and it's a very cool story. And that movie was just the garbagiest of garbages. That was a whole lot of garbage, and that was the movie yeah. that like made Sean Connery retire and Alan Moore commit to never signing off on another adaptation of his work again. Yep. Um, so, do so, you do you think they should, despite Alan Moore being a curmudgeon? I don't know. I mean, I get that. Like, maybe don't do it because Alan Moore's a curmudgeon. But you know, we're just we're talking a dream world here. <laughs> that that movie that movie. Probably will never get a reboot, and uh, it, it could use one. I see. Well, because League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was that a was that a, a Vertigo book or was that like a creator owned uh, book? I think it was Vertigo. Yeah. Okay, so if it's Vertigo, I, then I mean, I don't know. I feel like work for hire and and stuff like that, where another company owned you know at least part of the work from the get go. I feel like I'd just adapt it anyway. Like I don't know. I don't know. Because Alan Moore is just saying that he's never going to sign off on an adaptation of his work no matter what. And I think that, you know, although, yeah, sure, whatever, Alan Moore, do whatever you want. It's, you know, like if somebody came with like a really awesome vision of how to adapt one of his pieces and he just went, you know, uh, you know, screw that. I just, you know, like has a sort of a blanket statement rather than a case by case, you know, view of it. it. Was it was America's best imprint off DC. Okay, cool. Um, oh, and that was an imprint that he sort of started. But uh, right. I don't know, because, like, you know, I think the world would be different without the film adaptation of V for Vendetta. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that was a hugely influential movie, and I think that that, that was a case where, despite Alan Moore not wanting it to be made, I think it was best for, you know, culture and, and society to have it adapted. Right. So I don't um, know. I don't know. Anyway, but that's that's one. What's what you got? Uh, so for me, and then by the way, listeners, uh, to to get at us with your answers so that uh, we can talk about it next week on the show. Uh, tweet us at Savage Land Pod if you want to give a brief one, or if you want to give a lengthy one, you can email us at uh, Savage Land Podcast at gmail dot com, uh, or call in to four one three Savage four. And uh, leave us a voicemail. So any one of those will work. Um, my first one is The Last Starfighter. That's the one where the alien crashes, right? And, like, the dude and the alien become buds, right? Yeah, the dude and the alien, like, the creepy alien crashes. The dude and the alien, be- like, sort of become buds. But it's about, it's about like, a video game that was, like, a training program for... I mean, it's like... That's that's right. Yeah, so... It's been a while since I've seen it. It's, it's pretty cheesy. I watched it, like, uh, I think two months ago or so. Um, very cheesy, very of the time, uh, the special effects do not hold up in any way. Um, 
And and I think that like that sort of like concept or whatever, I think that uh it would be fun to explore that now. Um you know, I mean like and it's it's been a concept that's been like re-explored in some ways, like uh, you know, Armada by Ernest Klein was a very similar sort of concept that was I think loosely based on The Last Starfighter. Um but I think it'd be really cool to do that movie again and, and kind of have it be a lot more modernized and, you know, obviously with what we can do with special effects now and, you know, I mean, how poignant it is because of, you know, gamer culture or whatever. Um, I think they, I think a really good version of that movie could be made today. Um, and I think that with like Ready Player One and some movies like that coming out soon that uh, it would be a good time for it. All right. I can see it. Yeah, yeah. What about you? What's your next one? Um, I had a really good one and I totally forgot what it was. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, this I'm is a why I told person. you to write them down, dude. And then you're like, no, I don't need to write them down. I've got them. And I was like, well, maybe you should write them down. Son of a bitch. Want that on um, the record that going forward, maybe the next time you think you shouldn't take notes on things, you probably should take notes on things. I should probably take a note about that. Um, do you want me to, no, to I don't give know. you a second one? I'd like to see, uh, uh, sure, go ahead. <laughs> just just to give you room, if you want to go ahead, that's yep, fine. Nope, go for it, go for it. Uh, the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. Not the original nah. trilogy. <laughs> I know, I got you. The prequels. The prequels. Uh, Here's the problem with the prequels, though. Everybody's already taken the story as canon, and if you wanted to really do a reboot, you'd have to change the story, because the story sucks. Yeah. But, I mean, you could change the story around a bit and still have sort of the... Because, like, you, you could still do it and have the expanded universe remain pretty much the same around I guess it, that's true. You, know? you could do You could do that. There's that YouTube guy. The, yeah, the, the belated what if the media, what if the suck. Star Wars prequels didn't suck? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could do that story, probably, because it seems like that story actually lined up pretty well with the... Exactly. Everything else. It, like, yeah. as far as the grand uh, scheme of things, the, the you know, sort of uh, bookends and the, the you know, um, checkpoints or whatever, we're all, the signposts, uh, we're pretty much the same. Um, there's just a lot of alteration there. If, if people don't know what we're talking about, go on, if you go on YouTube and search what if the Star Wars prequels were good, uh, you'll mm-hmm. you'll find there's three different videos on them, and it's, it's really awesome. The guy does a great job of uh, finding great ways to tell those stories. Um but yeah, I think I don't know. I think there is a way to remake those and not have them suck, uh, and still and still keep all of the expanded universe, you know, books and comics sort of in order, and you know, the the Clone Wars cartoon and stuff like that. Yeah, the one thing that would be hard hmm. is like you know, Space Jimmy Smiths and some of those characters that carry over into like Rogue One and stuff. Uh, that would make it a little tricky, but you can still do it. I'm you for could, it. You could CGI Space Jimmy Smiths. There you go. Um, CGI space Jimmy Smith <laughs> just fucking CGI everybody now <laughs> yeah dude why not who cares uh, any uh, did you did you think of your other one no I, I, I just completely blanked on what it was but I remember it was really good um, <laughs> <laughs> if anyone if anyone knows what Matt's other one was going to be feel free to tweet us let me yeah please let me know because I can't remember um, no but I I don't know I think it'd be cool to see a reboot of something like um uh, I fuck man, I don't know. Tr- like tr- Trimmers comes to mind. That'd be a fun reboot. Uh, what's another dumb movie that it always? 
I'm just going to go ahead and apologize to our listeners, audience. I'm, I don't know what is wrong with me today. I have, I have brain farts. <laughs> my brain is gassy. Uh, when I was on my way up to Utah, my, my stepbrother and I were talking about uh, writing a, a reboot of... Do you remember the movie Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Uh, no. It was where he played the titular character, the Eraser, Um and he was like a special agent that specialized in in taking you off the grid, essentially. Okay. And uh, and so like there's like basically the whole movie is like him and this woman, and and he's you know there to like uh, uh, she's she's in some kind of trouble. I can't quite remember. Like she's in some kind of trouble, and he's you know sort of sent to to help her get completely away from everything, and and you know erase her from from existence and allow her to to live her life uh, in peace. Um. When we were talking about doing like a you know a reboot of that where Jennifer Lawrence plays the Arnold Schwarzenegger character, um, and uh, and some other things, and that that would be fun. Hmm. Uh, yeah, part a part of me thinks something like Labyrinth or Dark Crystal would be kind of cool to reboot. Ooh. I mean, I know those are sort of you know cherished. They are holy holy icons of '80s cinema, but yeah, I say ooh because like, that's a that's a that's a hot one. That's a controversial one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just think uh, Dark Crystal. You could. It'd be cool to continue in that world and make it bigger. Oh, I, I remember what it was. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> John Carter, the Princess of Mars. Yes. Reboot that because that's a cool story, and that was a shitty movie. It was. It wasn't horrible, but it was. It wasn't great either. It was underwhelming. I think is what the biggest thing was. Like. Disney had a slew of movies there that were super big budget and then ended up just being, you know, like very middling, you know, kind of like Lone Ranger mm-hmm. and, and uh, John Carter was one of them. And then they had like, I think, two other ones that were pretty much the same thing. Well, I don't know. At the same time, they also had Pirates of the Caribbean and those are <sighs> pretty damn popular. They're very popular, but I mean, I don't know. Are any of those good? I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're good, but they made a gillion dollars. Well, I think that was the problem. Shit, they're, is make, they're, they're making were, a new one. Yeah, they are. Uh, I think that was the problem is that Pirates of the Caribbean gave them this weird confidence in their live action to like try and do the same thing with four other storylines or whatever. Right. Um, and I think I it's also know, the, the Utah was, curse. It was good. What's the Utah curse? The like almost every movie filmed in Utah kind of sucks. At least like since two thousand. That'd be a dope reboot. Starship Troopers. Speaking of Utah Ooh, movies, yeah. I see. I still like Starship Troopers, the original. But hey, I do too, man. Starship Troopers is awesome, and you could, you could, you could, you could redo that and make it hot and fresh again. See, in that case, okay, that is a movie. This is this is one of the very few times you'll ever hear me say this, but that is a movie where I think Zack Snyder would be the right choice to direct. Still gonna say no. I just think because like it's not like that movie is like you know a very like emotional or like super you know intellectual movie i think it's a movie that's basically designed to be a spectacle and to be an action movie but i think that's what you could get out of that movie is you could get a little bit more character into it makes a little bit more meaningful so you wouldn't want to expendables it no dude (laughs) i never actually saw the expendables but i heard it was dumb it was really dumb it was fun but it was yeah incredibly dumb uh, anyway, if, if we're still going to keep true on our promise to, uh, stay under an hour, then we got to end it like almost now. now. So, uh, four, follow- minute, four yeah. minutes ago. No, again, we had a bunch of pre-roll. Um, 
If uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at Savage Land Pod. Uh, please tweet us with your answers to which movies you would like to reboot at Savage Land Pod. I, Sorry, what? I hope they're better than I hope they're better than mine because mine were lackluster. To yeah, say the least. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yours weren't lack- lackluster. Um, <coughs> did I say Savage Land Pod for Facebook and Instagram? I meant Savage Land Podcast. Um, yeah. But uh, Twitter at Savage Land Pod. Uh, email is savagelandpodcast at gmail.com. Phone number is 413 Savage 4. Please leave those iTunes ratings because we still have that one star rating that specifically targets me right at the top. So I would love a new one. And we'll give you a shout out. <laughs> so uh, if you'd like to interact with us, please do so at the aforementioned mediums. Uh, anything else to say, Matt, before we tell them to join us next week? Uh, no, join us next week. Uh, I, I, I'm assuming Rachel will be back. We can talk about Rogue One finally. Yeah. And uh, should we should we spoil our uh, our 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 award ceremony, or should we uh, should we leave that hidden in the other? We will be having an award ceremony soon for the best of 2016. But that's all we'll tell you for now. There you go. Later. So yeah. you better go back to your bars, your temples. Your massage parlors One night